uh, Catherine, what do you, what'd you think? Is this still the intro? You can edit that part out. Okay, quiet. Catherine, what did you think? I felt very connected with her. I have never met her in person, but we share just a lot of similarities in our stories. So I think we had a really important conversation today. Definitely important and and relatable and applicable. And that's all we could have hoped for. Keyword, don't forget to. Uh... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen. <laughs> I don't know what kind of struggle you're going through. I don't know what the situation may be. But you serve a mighty God. Mika. <laughs> hey, hi guys. What's hi. going on? I was just dancing to that theme song. I love it. <laughs> I know. I He's was very like, proud of it. I love it. Oh, it. That's actually my dad's voice too. No, yeah. that's awesome. Wow. <laughs> so when I burst first, the burst, when I first, when I first bought the equipment, I was playing around with it and they were in town and um i lo- was like showing him because he's like what the heck did you buy there like all oh, you spend money on i was like bro check it out like you got to feel it so i put the headphones on him and he like said that little <laughs> thing and i actually took a video of him doing it and then i was like you know what i'm gonna add that little clip in there yes that's so amazing. it was like perfect yeah and then i made that little beat and i was just like "Ooh, this is coming together <laughs> <laughs> magical (laughs) um but enough about that i want (laughs) i want to get into like how you're doing so first of all introduce yourself um and then i'm gonna get into kind of where you are at right now as far as how you're doing through this time okay Ooh, yeah all right sounds good so i'm michaela and i am an art therapist and counselor um in denver colorado that just sounds so cool mm-hmm. no <laughs> so it like feels weird like <laughs> i'm not used to it yet like but I love it. You, like who would have thought like you're on a podcast letting people know you're a professional art therapist in denver colorado i think the oh denver part really put, is the cherry on top mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely awesome so how are you doing right now like you i know you said you're living alone how is that like being being alone, running a business and just like like self or sheltering in place? Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been a huge adjustment, uh, but I'm very fortunate that I can do telehealth now. Mm-hmm. So um, through my practice that I just started, I'm able to still see clients over um, video chat, but it's definitely, um, it's been interesting because I'm trying to hold space for myself through all of this. And then like holding a lot of anxiety with a lot of clients because this whole pandemic is affecting everybody in such different and profound ways. Yeah. 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 But I overall, like, I think I'm doing good because I've got my cat, I've got my (laughs) tortoise, And (laughs) yeah, I've got like, I think it's actually bringing me closer to a lot of friends. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm just staying in touch with them more and I got a cool boyfriend so that doesn't hurt either. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask like what's the what like who's your support system right now like in Colorado? Obviously like you can call your parents anytime and you know um just check in and um but I want to know like who's your support system that if you needed anything is is helping you out through this or you're helping through as well? Yeah, um, that's definitely huge to have like people in the vicinity in real life that are there, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've got a super great supportive partner. Um, and I also have a fabulous grandma friend who lives about an hour away, but we talk almost every day. Um, she's super cool. Uh, she's a family friend, her whole family, her yeah, that whole family has been like family to me. So I'm really fortunate to have them here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's so important right now, especially like, you know, like you said, living alone, but, you know, having people who if you really needed somebody, because it's hard to live away, like for for me, and I know for Catherine, too, like both of our sets of parents, like they um, live out of state. So it's like, when are we ever going to be able to see them again? Or like, hang out so it's just it's tough it's tough to get through especially when you live alone definitely but yeah yeah thanks for sharing that and you're feeling healthy and good oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) doing some workouts for once in my life (laughs) killing the time (laughs) right you have to that's good but yeah so now now that we know where you're at Let's go to where you were, you know? Dang. Wanna... <laughs> that was a good transition. I know. I'm trying to like a little different things here and there. But, <laughs> um, <clears throat> but thank you again for like coming on this call and like, you know, just agreeing to be vulnerable and share. And I loved having the talk we had the other day and just catching up. And like I said, you're one of those friends that no matter where we are in the world, if we haven't talked for two months, two years, whatever, hopefully it doesn't ever go that long. But <laughs> Um, we can always pick up where we left off. So that's why I am so excited about today and just having you on and being a part of this. Cause when I thought about doing this podcast, you among other people were like the reasons why I wanted to do this because your stories need to be heard and I want to give you that space to do it. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm seriously so humbled. Mm-hmm. This is so, this is so cool. So thank you. Definitely. So we're going to set the picture like I always like to do. <clears throat> I want you to take me back to 11 years old, Michaela. Yes. What, what was she like and what was going on with Michaela at 11 years old? Yeah, 11-year-old Michaela was having some tough times. Um, that was when I started um, getting treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. I was in therapy twice a week um, on a bunch of medications, and it just was the start of this lifelong navigation through dealing with complex trauma, really. Mm-hmm. Can you explain yeah. um, a little bit about what complex trauma is? Because I know that's kind of like a buzzword in psychology, but people buzzword may not know what that is. <laughs> Yes, yes. So complex trauma refers to ongoing trauma Mm. that is kind of a chronic thing that's part of your situation, part of your life, Um, usually referring to childhood trauma. 
Mm-hmm. So that is what, yeah, that's what complex trauma means. Yeah. And I think when I first like heard what that was in my studies, I was like, oh my gosh, that, that explains so much of the issues a lot of us deal with when we're older. Yes. Yes. 100%. And I think sometimes there's this idea that trauma you know, it's something really bad that only happens once, like a car accident or like, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. But really, the complex trauma is so insidious because mm-hmm. it is just infused into just your everyday experiences. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can go unnoticed, which does, you know, turn up as mental health struggles later in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So when you went to get treatment, how how did that change your life at that point? Yeah. Um, I mean, at 11 years old, I was really confused. Um, and I was really kind of ashamed because I felt like all of this weird stuff was going on with me. That was really painful, but I didn't know how to talk about it to my other friends in middle school. Um, I didn't really know how to feel about what was going on, but looking back, I am so tremendously grateful that I got early intervention like that Mm -hmm. because I think being in therapy from such an early age really helped me stay kind of more pieced together through some really difficult times, Mm -hmm. um, throughout my life. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what are, what are some of the like effects that going through that early trauma had on you? I know you mentioned a few things like anxiety and panic attacks and some other things. Can you uh, give us uh, a little bit uh, of like what what that was like? Like did that all come on all at once or was it kind of like a progressive thing that showed up throughout your life? Yeah, so um, it kind of, the early presentation of it was really with panic attacks, anxiety, nightmares, um, not being able to sleep. And I just kind of, I couldn't eat. Like I had no appetite. Um, and it quickly kind of turned into depression. Um, and then as I kind of went through high school, getting a little bit older, I started struggling with self-harm and experiencing suicidal thoughts. So um, it's something that has changed over time, but it's mostly been um, dealing with a lot of those um, symptoms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you were when you were going through those like latter uh, type of uh, you know experiences, was that something you were keeping to yourself, or, or did you feel because of the early intervention with therapy, you were able to kind of speak out? on those things and let somebody know you were dealing with that? Or is that something you kept to yourself for a little bit? Cause I know people struggle with that. They don't, they don't reach out right away or say anything right away cause they're scared or they just don't know what they're, what they're feeling. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say a lot of it, I was able to share with, um, therapists or family members, mm-hmm. but the self-harm was a little trickier because I didn't really know that that was a thing. Mm. I like, people don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been exposed to that in media, but I just like, it kind of started, like I just had this, this like urge or this impulse when I was in a really um, bad space. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that made me feel better. Like mm-hmm. maybe like, and I didn't even know it was a thing until 
a little bit later and then I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably talk to somebody yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah. And what were like, what were you feeling? Like what, what was the feeling that kind of drove you to that? Yeah. Um, panic, I mm. think. Um, just feeling overwhelming panic or um, sometimes just like overwhelming sadness and pain that just felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, I'd say the common denominator with self-harm is just this feeling of tremendous overwhelm, mm-hmm. um, feeling like just beyond my own capacity to handle what's going on inside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I know I shared this with you, but I have also struggled with self-harm in my past. And that's such a good way to explain it is that you, you feel like there is absolutely nothing I can do right now to like get myself back into the experience of like my own body and so mm-hmm. like that is a way for you to like kind of reground but it's it's a double edged sword because it it does it in the moment but then it's like when it's done then you're just like oh my gosh what did i do and then it's this just like kind of mm-hmm. shame spiral that mm-hmm. goes that just it's this cycle that just keeps feeding and feeding and it just keeps going downwards mm-hmm. oh yeah definitely and thank you so much for for sharing that and adding that because it is 100% that cycle and that Mm -hmm. spiral, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's like, especially as teenagers, it's sometimes like you don't really know how to cope. And yeah. um, yeah, So thank you too, for sharing that. I know like, like you said, like self-harm isn't talked about a lot and there is so much shame that goes along with it. So you just like, you just want to hide, but like talking about Mm -hmm. it is so important because it just brings it into the light and that, power of it is diminished when like it's spoken to. Yes. 100%. Just having it out in the open and that just dissolves shame and stigma. And that's what we got to do. But does it have to be a physical thing or can it be an emotional thing? Cause I'm thinking in my life, like I know there have been moments that I've dealt with. I think some really dark um, places where I went through a certain situation, or you know, a breakup or something, and it kind of sent me into a different place where it wasn't so much a physical thing that I did, but I think I kept myself in that hurt and in that pain by maybe you know listening to certain songs or just telling myself things or Mm. keeping myself in the dark in the room for a whole summer or staying up you know what I mean is can it show up in other ways like you know does self-harm have to be a physical thing or can it show up in different ways Mm. I I think that it's it's anything that feeds into what you're feeling Mm. and so that's, I mean, that's kind of what self-harm does, but that's also what you explained. It's like you're, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling sad. And so you like engage in these behaviors that almost that, that quiet it, but also feed it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the double-edged swordness of it is that like temporarily you might feel, you might feel better, but in the end it's, it's, it's making you go deeper into that hole. Yeah. And I just, yeah, because I thought about it. And I was like, man, like, you know, I feel like I, perp- like, sometimes you don't think it's purposely, but I feel like I've intentionally 
done things to keep myself in some kind of pain or keep myself from, like you said, snapping out of a moment or but kind of into those moments to get myself, get my mind off of what I went through. So I just I, I just thought that was interesting and I wanted to kind of get that perspective. But I like to hear your thought on that, yeah. Michaela. Yeah, um, I think that sometimes it can be um, it can get kind of comfortable to stay in a sad place, mm -hmm. um, even though it's, you know, uncomfortable, it can get to be that new comfortable and it can get to this point of just numbing everything else out. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think in that way, it's also taking some like control over a situation like I can't really make myself feel better, but I can just stay sad and kind of like <laughs> feed into this, this pain and darkness, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I think a lot of those themes are present in, um, in self-injury as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you both. Yeah, that's, um, I really appreciate that vulnerability. Um, I want to know a little bit about your just your progress kind of from there. You you understand now that you're in a point in your life um, from, you know, being diagnosed, you said, with PTSD, right? Yes. And then kind of your journey from there. Like I, you have a, such a beautiful story um, of how you even like got to Chicago <laughs> and then back to the West Coast. So tell me a little <laughs> bit about that journey and and everything in between that you're willing to share. Yeah. Um, so with all of that really dark, um, stuff going on in high school, that's when I found art. Mm. Um, I just really dove headfirst into art and ceramics every chance I could get, uh, in school. And if I wasn't doing ceramics at school, then I was spending my alone time just making things at home. And it, it got to the point where, when I was engaged in art, I just felt like I could breathe again. And I felt mm. like myself and I felt like I could have my voice heard, um, through this art. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was really, oh, great. Now I need some water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sipping on coffee. You're good. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Back on track. So. Um, yeah, when I was doing that art, um, I kind of discovered this, um, greater sense of purpose mm -hmm. that I wanted to share this gift, this life-saving gift that I had found with other people. So I went to Trinity Christian college in mm -hmm. Palos Heights, Illinois to, um, how'd you hear about it? Yeah. So my mom actually had a good friend who lived in the area who was a Trinity alumni and an RD and oh, wow. all that jazz. Wow. So, um, I heard about Trinity that way and, um, I, I really wanted the safety and support of a Christian school at that time. Mm. Um, I felt like that would be a little bit safer and it would help me grow, mm. um, spiritually. So that is what led me to Trinity, um, psychology and art and theology there. Mm -hmm. And did um, you know those were the things that you wanted to do? Because I know yes. you mentioned on our call uh, a couple days ago that you your mom raised you Christian. Yes. So you or yes, she raised you Christian. So you already had that foundation 
um, so so theology mixed in with art and psychology, that was something that you already knew you wanted to do? Actually, I knew I wanted to do um, psychology and art, but I did not know um, that I would enjoy theology as much as I did. Mm. And um, I, I mean, I went to public school. I didn't know like a ton of stuff about the Bible. And so when I got into these theology classes with people that had been in Christian schools their whole lives, um, or more heavily involved in church, I just felt like way behind. So one of my favorite theology professors, he gave me a children's Bible, oh, wow. like that had the pictures and everything. Was it Salties? It was Christian Bible. I don't, I don't even uh, know. I just remember the pictures. <laughs> I used to have a Bible. I used to have a children's Bible called Salty's Christian Bible. And it was like the, the Bible as like a cartoon character and different ones. It was crazy. <laughs> it was awesome though. But go Let's ahead. just say this was Salty's then. Okay. <laughs> let's, just, let's just pretend. Um, yes. And so um, Dr. Chianto was his name oh, yes. and he, he yes. Life. He changed my life. And, <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh, what a beautiful man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he set aside time for me every week mm. to like talk with me about what I learned from this children's Bible. Wow. And um, he really caught me up and answered all of my questions. And um, I just loved it so much that I decided to minor in it. Wow. Um, so that was really awesome that, for me. Yeah, that's giving me like, that's kind of making me emotional right now, seriously, and giving me chills because. First of all, that that just shows the the love and the patience that somebody that God gave to somebody to have to sit down with somebody who's new to it. You know what I mean? And to start yeah. them from the basics like that's that's amazing. And yeah, the reason why I appreciate Dr. Tianto is because like when I got to Trinity, like I it was all new to me and the when I was in his class, I was just like, oh man, like he's, you know, he's a very passionate man for mm -hmm. in, first and foremost, but he, just the way, like he gave me a second chance. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I did yeah. not do well on a theology paper, which is not, uh, I don't want to get into that, but, <laughs> 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 but let's just say I didn't basically get a grade for the first paper because he was so like, he had so such grace um, with me and mm. like really gave me time to understand it and redo it and like it gave me a second chance in that and that's something like I I will always remember and I remember having like from that point on just gaining so much respect for him and every time he taught his class like I made sure I sat up front I think he mm -hmm. actually made me sit up front but <laughs> <laughs> I could see that too yeah, but <laughs> but I did and I paid attention and I did well but this is a little side note there, but that just shows I love like stories about people who just have that grace on others. You know what I mean? And just, just walk with them through that. Like, that's beautiful. Oh yeah. He was such an image of Christ mm. on our campus. That's just, it says it all. That's awesome. And so now you're a, so you were a double major and then a minor um, or what were you? Double minor, double minored minor. in art, okay. majored in psych. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So take us through through that journey like trinity christian college you're there you're you're studying these these things that you have passion for but you're also you know adding this new whole perspective to your life with theology and growing more in that like what did that start to become for you yeah um that was 
that gave me a lot of strength and I think it um it it gave me a greater sense of self um a different perspective more hope definitely more resources internally um and spiritually to navigate um the struggles with mental health that I was still having in college Mm -hmm. um and I really am so thankful for the friends that I made there, including you, Julian. And thank like, you, I just, you. yes, <laughs> I just felt so supported, um, which was really, it was really great and really profound um, in a lot of ways. Um, there were some difficult parts too that have also had um, a pretty significant impact on my life, mm-hmm. but you know, such is life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I just remember like you brought it up the other day and I actually have it like when I was cleaning out my uh, second room, I was going through a lot of different papers and I just remember um, or I saw the the paper you said that I had made for you, like the anxiety, worry, fear kind of devotional. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I actually have a physical copy of it still. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, you know, at that point in time, like I really think like you were the first person that I think honestly um, opened my world up to uh, mental health in that way. Mm. Because I, if I can remember correctly, I don't know if you were, I just think you were like so honest about it. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you, because if I remember correctly, like it wasn't something you really hid. It was something that, like, (laughs) hey, if you know me, like, you know, I went through this and you were an open book. And I just felt such like, wow, like this girl is like just real and she's, you know, she's raw. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think that really changed me in a lot of different ways. It changed me in a lot of different ways from that to be just a better friend. And you are honestly like one of my first very first friends the first day I showed up on Trinity's campus to class um yeah that was something that as a friend I just felt so much more attached to you and like thankful for you in my life through that time and um yeah so so can you tell me a little bit more about your relationships there and like how they changed you for whatever you want to touch on the good the the bad you know I want to hear a little bit more about how the that time shaped you yeah um, yeah, well, thank you for saying all of that. Yeah, <laughs> First of sure. all, that, that really means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and honestly, it was like, it was friendships and connections like this that got me through some of the harder stuff, um, that happened at Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, because my freshman year, I did find myself in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it's, my first relationship in college, pretty naive. Uh, I don't really know what's going on. Um, and the spring shuffle or the freshman shuffle, you know, the, yes, exactly. <laughs> Caution. <laughs> Disclaimer. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm using humor as a, as a coping hey, mechanism right now. <laughs> that's exactly how I am. And then I think that's like why we feed off of each other that way. So you're totally fine. Yes whatever you feel good about sharing. Thank you. Yeah. um, It was kind of this, um, it was like this polar opposite experience going on um, in contrast to how much I was learning and growing in um, theology and in relationships and friendships at Trinity 
to this abusive romantic relationship where um, my spirituality was used to manipulate me. Mm. Um, And so it, you know, I was involved with this person at church twice a week, but then like um, it was just used um, as a form of control and kind of like guilt and shame and gaslighting um, to really keep me in a vulnerable place. And so um, I'm thankful, like honestly too, um, friendship really got me out of that um, situation. Um, eternally grateful for all of those people that helped me get out of that. Um, but I've really struggled since then, um, even sitting in churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I get this very physical reaction. Like it's very triggering for me, Mm -hmm. um, which it just, it brings up a lot of panic attacks, dissociations, Mm -hmm. flashbacks, um, anxiety. And then like that can turn into like a week of depression, like just from going to church once. Mm -hmm. So this has really, um, it's really changed what my spirituality looks like, um, from when it started at Trinity, though, I still, you know, I still love me some Jesus, but (laughs) it's, um, I'm kind of trying to work through that and adapt, um, the best I can. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel like if it did this abusive relationship affected your relationship with God? Yeah. Um, I would say that it brought up a lot of um, shame mm-hmm. and fear and anger. Mm-hmm. I would say that the anger was more towards myself, uh, but that kind of fed into the shame, mm-hmm. which I think ultimately these emotions um, kind of made me put up a wall a little bit, um, with God. Mm-hmm. And, um, like looking back, I can see there were some times after that, which I felt like some of those walls came down, some healing happened, mm-hmm. but, um, again, like healing is not linear. Mm-hmm. Healing mm-hmm. is a definitely <laughs> up and down spiral roller coaster, all of that jazz. So, mm-hmm. and- um, that's, yeah, I still struggle with that. When you say like you put up walls with God, was it that you were, you were not trusting him anymore? Uh, yeah, I think that really shook my trust, um, in God. And also I think there's this intimacy in having a relationship with God that, um, I didn't feel comfortable with anymore because of shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I think that intimacy aspect of my faith became very challenging. Mm. And, uh, something our pastor says at soul city is, um, religion does a really good job of, of creating this shame. And Mm -hmm. I just love that he says that, but it's like, we, we also feed into this, into this shame a lot because like when we, are told we're not enough or we think we're not enough. It's like that, that does put a barrier between us and God because we don't think that we're worthy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know that I've struggled with that too. And 
I think part of the the um the amazing like redemptive story about Jesus is that he he uses like the broken so much in every story that that he's in in the Bible like he encounters people who are broken and don't feel like they are enough and then through that like his glory shines through and that that whole idea for me has been one of like the things that I really stand on mm-hmm. yeah yes I love that yeah do you Michaela do you like to read I hope so. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You should look into a book called Unqualified um, by Stephen Furtick. And it's how God Mm. uses broken people to build a kingdom. Like it's, it's so good and it's so relatable and applicable. So just a little plug there, but I'll send you that information (laughs) later. But um, I just wrote it down. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, again, thank you for sharing that part. And it's so hard because like you, you've known me since I've went to Trinity and <laughs> probably a few of the relationships that I had while I was there <laughs> in different ways too. So I can totally understand what it's like to feel. I know I wasn't like for me personally, I know I was not the perfect person in some of my relationships. Um, but I did have that same thing where it, I felt like I had to be somebody because that person was using my relationship with God or my walk and my faith against me. And yeah. it made me chase after things that wasn't what I wanted to do or wasn't me. And I was like really told like I wouldn't even be at Trinity. I wouldn't be anybody at that point in my life if it wasn't for that person. They like they wow. told that to me. And that... <sighs> that stung and sometimes it still stings you know what I mean like things just because things happened in the past doesn't mean that they they sting still when you hear that because it's just the simple fact that those are words and words you know sometimes they last in those ways but I think about all the great things that I did since then you know what I mean like after Mm -hmm. that like really diving in and getting involved and and saying yes and being more present with the people that that were chasing after me and, and forcing becoming themselves. the president. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> um, president. I know, but th- the exactly though, like you bring up a good point because that would have, I would have never saw that for myself if mm. I didn't really like the relationship I was in put so much shame on me that I wasn't good enough and wasn't good enough for God that if I didn't do certain things that God, like I would never be up to a certain level that like I, when you, when everybody was showing me support and like voted me in and everything like that, like I was just like, wow, like this is the love of, of Christ. This is the love mm-hmm. of Christ for that many people to step up for me. And I didn't think I was worth anything. Um, mm. So I totally understand where you're coming from in that perspective too. And I didn't really even think about that. I went through that until like you brought that up because I feel the same way. Like when somebody uses something so close against you, it just, you, you just don't know which way to turn. I don't think I ever blamed God, but it was just like, God, like, are you ever going to think I'm good enough? Like this person Mm -hmm. is saying like, and you know, and that intimacy does change. Um, so yeah, like I, I don't know what to say. That's so so good (laughs) yeah yeah Um, no thank you so much for saying that yeah um 
And I wanted to ask you too, when you, like you said, like you get those triggers going, you know, even sitting in services, but do you think it's like the physical space of it or does just like the, the memories of what happens, what would happen after those services, um, you know, trigger you, you know what I mean? While you're sitting in there, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, was it the physical space of being in a church or was it like when you're sitting there, you're remembering what would happen after and that would give you the anxiety or the fear, you know? Um, it's, I mean, I think it's kind of a mixed bag of mm, things. Okay. Um, I would say yes. Um, I would say yes to all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in the physical space um, is very challenging, but I would say even like watching a service online, um, I just, I feel very defensive. Mm. Um, I, I have walls up wow. pretty quickly. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like a, a gut reaction mm. right now, which is just, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But you know what though? I think from what I'm gathering from you too, though, because a lot of, a lot of those things in your life could have absolutely, like they destroy people and they could have destroyed you. But I think yeah. that you have found such a way to, navigate through that and still have a a working because relationships aren't perfect you know like just because you're in a relationship with somebody or we're in a relationship like I don't I don't think it's really should be a relationship it's like it's a it's a work in progress it's a working relationship you know what I mean like when people write a movie for you know what I mean like they'll they'll they don't know what they're going to name it yet so it's like working title like, I believe mm, that's yes. what it is for you. And that's okay. Yeah. And that's okay because you're still growing and you're still yes. working on that intimacy with Christ and with God in your own way. And, and yeah, it, sometimes when, when I went through my dry period of three years, like <laughs> trying to figure out where I fit in, like I would get that too. I would be very defensive, very observant. I would like basically be a church hopper. And I just kept kind of going and got like, even when I got to soul city, I would tell everybody else to go there and, (laughs) and I wouldn't go either, but I believed in it because I had, (laughs) but I had finally believed that I found somewhere that like, man, this is where God is going to have me, but I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And that was okay. I had to learn that was okay. And it took Mm. me over a year and a half to actually consistently go there because there were some, still some things in my life I had to work out. So I, I give you, I give you props for that because you're still working through it. And that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of walking while working while you're waiting and walking in what you're in. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is healing me. This is like a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's healing me. Like it's making me feel like I can be vulnerable too, you know what I mean? And yeah, and that's the point of it is just having these conversations, man, because like for somebody like you who I could never imagine what you've been through, but I am not scared to walk with you or with anybody mm-hmm. else through what they've been through because I would want the same for me. Mm-hmm. And, and when those people have done it, like with Catherine, like before we even dated, before we even thought of, um, you know, each other in any kind of way. Like, I don't think, I think we were on the El Salvador trip, Catherine, and we probably like spoke once 
uh, at the airport mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I was just like oh she's pretty cool <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but there was a one night and I'll keep referencing to it because that was the night that really changed my life uh I think my life is divided in two two ways <laughs> pre-El Salvador <laughs> and post-El Salvador <laughs> but just to give you context Michaela it was a night where everybody we were kind of doing a wrap-up for the day and just everybody was like talking about what they like one person I think started off with what they had been through and you know we were sharing and I think I had Catherine was sharing her story at the time and I like called her out on something and then like everybody just went 13 people went in a circle just kind of sharing like their real stories and crying and the girl who's gonna who was on our uh, second episode Sam it got to the point where she was so vulnerable that she admitted that her real name was Sam, but it wasn't with two M's. She added the second M, you know what I mean? (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but I say that because at holding that space for people and walking with them in it and making them feel okay. It's like things as minuscule as adding a second M to your name is like something that people hold on to and they don't want to admit. And it it falls off like so easily when you are able to trust the people you're around. So, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just felt like, uh, I had to tell you that because I want you to know, like, even though you're in Colorado, you live alone, you have your support system here. Like we're always still here for you, like getting Mm -hmm. through this. And I love that you're sharing this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And Thank I think, too, it's like people like you that are drawn to like helping others through this, like you're an mm-hmm. art therapist, you know, and it's the the action of like sitting with people in their pain and listening to their story. It's healing for you, too. And it's really difficult because you like you hold on to a little bit of everyone's story, but mm-hmm. then you hold on to a little bit of their healing, too. And Mm. I think, I don't know, it's people who are drawn to that sort of, sort of care. Um, Yeah, I just, I really relate to that because that's why I feel like I'm like, I've walked away from psychology and I felt called back to it because I was like, there's a reason that I went through what I went through. And I, sitting with people in their stuff is just, it, it's, it gives them a space and to, to be able to be in that space with them and like hold witness to that is, is healing for me too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. It, it feels like a sacred honor really mm-hmm. to be wow. able to be in that space with people. And, um, I think a lot of therapists have been through really hard times themselves mm-hmm. because, when you know that pain, like you can only meet other people as deeply as you've met yourself. So to really go through something, it allows you to really hold um, space. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that this touches on the idea of um, us as wounded healers. Mm -hmm. Yes. I Uh, wanted you to touch on that because I loved what you said about that. Yes. Yes. Um, So all of us, I mean, therapists and non-therapists, we all have wounds, but we can use those to heal. Um, You know, I've heard once that God doesn't waste a wound. And I think that's so beautiful because that is using the pain and the brokenness for light and love and Mm -hmm. to do what we are called to do. So, um, you know, I guess that's kind of the biggest um, thing for me is 
we don't have to wait until we're perfectly healed Mm -hmm. or fixed or good enough um, to do what we're called to do um, in service to other people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. It's just, it gives me this vision of just like walking wounded, like whatever that Mm -hmm. is, you know, like walking with wounds. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen Passion of the Christ, like the very end when uh, Jesus gets up and he walks away and you still see the wound through his hands. And it just, it reminds me that somebody as perfect as him is not gonna, like, if he can heal anything, he can heal those wounds even after death, you know, and resurrection. But he doesn't because he wears them. He wears them as a symbol. Mm -hmm. He wears them as just a way to say, this is what, this is the price that I paid. This is what I went through. And I can, and like you said, wounded healers, he's a wounded healer. He truly is. He truly is. And that's so good. Wow. I, I loved when you brought that up because it just like made me want to get so much deeper into into that. And it, that's just been on my mind, um, you know, just walking with wounds because we all do. We all do. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for making that connection. I think mm-hmm. that is such a beautiful picture of Jesus and mm-hmm. his love. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Now, what so after all of this, after, so we're we're kind of in getting towards the end of that trinity era and i'm mm-hmm. sure there's so much more we can touch on in that way and all you know all the things all of our awesome dinners and lunches and all the laughs we had <laughs>, <laughs> all the drama <laughs> but um i want to know at that point or at this point in your life like what is what is the damaging thought that you carry every day with you what is something that you know is not true it's a lie to yourself but but it's hard to tell yourself like some people wake up and they go to the mirror and they're like oh i'm just i'm not like me i'll get up and i'll be honest with you i'll be like man i'm not where i want to be physically like i that's my thing every day that's like mm-hmm. another damaging thought I carry every day. It's like, man, I know I'm cute, but hey, like I got <laughs> to do some, <laughs> I got to do some, some more. I got to do something more. And I keep telling myself and telling myself that. So what is something that like you carry with you every day? Yeah. Um, I, I, every day I struggle with this thought that I'm not good enough, mm. um, that I'm not good enough for my relationship, that I'm not good enough for my job, um, not good enough to own a business, um, not good enough for friends, like just, it's kind of pervasive. Um, yeah, but I think that kind of ties back in to the, um, the true North thing Mm -hmm. that you guys talk Mm -hmm. about in this podcast of, um, yeah. What do you, what's your true North? Like, how are you combating that, that damaging thought? Yeah. So I, I really feel like just having this message of like not needing to be perfect, mm-hmm. um, to have value and to bring, um, gifts yes. that I have to my life. And, um, honestly, a lot of therapy <laughs> has been <laughs> really good around processing why I have this message, where it started, what's perpetuating it Mm -hmm. and, um, just getting in touch with my, my true inner highest self, you know, that Mm -hmm. soul essence Mm -hmm. that is, it's silly to think that that is not good enough Mm -hmm. because that's just a divine piece of all of us. Mm -hmm. 
and it's beautiful yeah. and it's it's good. So it makes kind you of tuning overqualified. Into that. You're overqualified <laughs> yeah. in all those areas. Actually, I'm really <laughs> overqualified. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And so when you think about those two things, is it something you immediately, so let's say you wake up with that, oh, I'm not good enough. Do you carry that for a day, two days, or do you immediately go back to like, no, but hey, like I'm walking in this, I'm good. Like I'm good where I'm at. I'm, I'm going to get better and things are going to be okay, even though they feel like they're not. How, like, yeah. what's your process through all of that? Um, I would say like, two or three times a day, I stop to really focus on that. Mm. Um, and part of that is just when I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I also just like, I straight up put an app on my phone, Mm -hmm. um, like an affirmation app that like three times throughout the day, it pops up and it, it reminds me, um, of the big picture. Yeah. Um, especially, and I got this app when I was at a really stressful job and it was really fast paced and Mm -hmm. I just needed that break and that reminder, um, you know, of the true North. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you leave notes for yourself like to remind you or is it just the app that you use? Um, I mostly use the app, but I do have like affirmations like on the fridge mm-hmm. and yeah. on the walls <laughs> kind of I, everywhere am i remembering correctly in your dorm you used to have some like all kinds of sayings everywhere like right or oh yeah you used to have stuff up like everywhere <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah it was a little overwhelming <laughs> but that's great and you know what it doesn't even have to be words like your art can be affirmations like you made that beautiful illustration on your instagram and just for somebody to immediately address what they're feeling and create something to be visual and share it with other people. Like you're doing exactly what you're called to do. And that's amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But I do want to give you an exercise to do as far as like, um, the post-it note things. And this is something I actually, when I first started dating Catherine and I finally, um, was like, you know, what can I do to like show her like I'm intentionally thinking about her is that I took post her post-it notes because she uh, would leave notes for post-it notes like for herself and stuff like that, just like random stuff on her calendar. But I took post-it notes and I wrote, you are, um, you know, strong, you are beautiful, you are this and that and all these things that she can think about herself as soon as she looks in the mirror every morning, day, night, whenever. But I put it in a circle on her mirror and she still has it up till this day. But like I want anybody listening like that exercise is something where it's like you all like it's there and you you know what I mean? You're not having to maybe wait for the app to go off or listen to it, which is great. But like you can automatically see it there any time of the day. And even if you need to walk in, just put those in a shape of a heart or something and write <laughs> yeah. all the thing, all the beautiful things you believe about yourself and put it on your mirror. So I want to, I want to challenge you to do that. <laughs> Thank you. I, and you can make it purple. Accepted. You can make them purple. Post-its <laughs> you know, they're going to be purple. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but this has been so, um, this has been healing for me more because I'm like, usually I kind of. Like, I love the conversation we're having. And usually some people uh, will tell their whole story straight through or, you know, you know, we have these conversations and hold space to each other. Is there anything that 
you would tell people out there that may be feeling, you know, a, a, a little bit of something that you spoke about or everything you spoke about, they may be relating to it. Is there anything like that you would tell them right now to um, just give them encouragement? Um, the first thing that popped into my head was hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that with the nature of mental illness, sometimes hope just seems like the most unrealistic thing. Um, and having been there myself too, I just want to emphasize that even when you can't feel it, there is always hope. There is Mm -hmm. always room Mm -hmm. for change. There is always room for things to happen for big yes. things to happen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And don't be afraid to get therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Say it again. Okay. Say it again. Don't be afraid to get therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That is, uh, th- that's amazing advice. And just, just to be hopeful is, is, and, and I was going to like, say it weird. Like just to be hopeful is all we can hope for, but <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, do you have anything else you feel like you want to be vulnerable with or share or how are you feeling right now? I feel full. Like I feel, Mm. I feel very good inside. Um, good. Yeah. And that's what it's about. Cause you've always been a, uh, we use that, that term soul giving, soul giving friends and you've always been a soul giving friend to me. And I have been like, waiting for you and Catherine to meet somehow because (laughs) I just love the fact that you both share that, uh, that love for, you know, um, just being there for people and listening to people and wearing your wounds while you do it. And it's Mm -hmm. just amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So Michaela, where can people find you? You're a business owner, you run your own (laughs) practice. Um, you are an artist, you are an infectious laugher. Like where can people get more of you at? Where can they find your business and you? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, um, I have an Instagram for my art therapy shindig, um, (laughs) indigo.counseling. Uh, my practice is indigo counseling and art therapy. Um, and I'm also on psychology.com if you search my name. And um, yeah, I also have a website that'll link you to. I honestly, I don't know the URL. It's a long one. <laughs> <laughs> Just search, search her name. And even though there are like thousands of spellings for Michaela, it's M-I-C-A-E-L-A. Yes. And Wood, <laughs> W-O-O-D. <laughs> yes awesome <laughs> thank you <laughs> for sure well thank you so much Michaela like this has been such a blessing to have you and I can't wait to do this again with you yes I'm so glad we could connect in this way um and thank you guys so much I love what you're doing here with this podcast thank you thank you yes all, all right, right. Bye. talk to you later <laughs> Bye. Bye. I just want to thank Michaela for joining us today and for speaking so openly about her struggles and being just really honest about where she's at right now. I, I really enjoyed this talk because I think a lot of it are, are things that we don't really touch on. And like I said, we have a lot of similarities in our stories and I, look up to her I hardly even know her but I look up to how brave she is and how she is committed to 
growing and showing up every day for herself and for her clients. So I really enjoyed this and I hope you guys did too. Yes. Ditto to everything. Have a blessed day, everybody. Have a blessed week. We love you. We're praying for you. Let's walk now. We're gonna get there.